He is worthy. Amen. There is no other name under heaven given by men that we shall be saved. And that precious name of Jesus Christ is the King of glory. And we're so thankful that we can come in to a place and worship Him. That we have the liberty and freedom to do so. But I hear, I'm here to let you know that no matter what the world says, I will still worship Him. Amen? No matter what obstacle, no matter what trial, no matter what hindrance might try to raise itself, I will still worship Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Man, you guys look great this morning. Great to be in his house. Great to be in his presence. Great to know that we can serve the King of glory. Great to have the Gilpatrick's family with us. We're so thankful that you guys have came and, and, and here this morning. Amen. Go. It's also good to have the Giles family with us. So glad that you have chosen to worship with us this morning. Thank you for choosing. How many know that we have a choice? Amen. A lot of people don't like that idea. They're like, well, you know, as long as I get saved, it's like I can just stay that way all my life. And, and, and I'm here to tell you, you can. There's an assurance in Christ Jesus, but it's a choice you have to make. Amen? I mean, if we didn't have a choice when we chose to love someone, there wouldn't be divorce. Even Jesus talked about his people Israel divorcing him. Talked about them playing the harlot. You know what I'm talking about? So people have a choice. It's called free will. And I'm thankful that God gives us a free will because in free will, it allows me to say, Lord, I love you. I choose to love you. When there's so many options in the world and all those options may have consequences, I choose to love you. I choose to dedicate my life to you. I choose daily, Lord. He even says, take up your cross daily and follow me. It is a daily choice that we make to serve him. It's a daily choice we make to say, Lord, I don't have all the answers. I don't have the ability to do this. But today, a nude in Christ Jesus is your grace and your mercy. And today, I choose to walk under the shadow of the Almighty. I choose to walk under the grace and love of a saving Father who's with me to walk with me. And because of that, I choose you Lord come on somebody amen 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 believe me I would love us to be programmed once we say a little prayer to be programmed to say that we can't not choose that any longer but I'm so glad that I'm not a program amen I'm so glad I'm not a robot that God just programs but I have a mind and I can choose God and that keeps me humble because I know in my own ability and in myself I can't do this but I can trust a God who can amen 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 I don't know who I'm preaching to I'm just preaching is that all right praise the Lord praise the Lord you know, I mean, when we look at our world, when we see our society, you know, we, we can look around us and see that there has been a great moral decline in our society. I mean, if we don't recognize that, then we are blind. And, and it didn't just start with the last administration, but over the last many years, we've seen a moral decline in our society. People who have turned to their own ways, people who have turned to their own devices, people who have turned away from God. You could literally say that when the world talks about a great falling away, that there has been a great falling away of the body of Christ. Amen? I don't like to say that because I don't like to accept that people have a choice to turn away from God. But there has been a great falling away. There has been whole denominations who have turned their back on truth, on God's word, and have begun believing a lie. Come on. There's been people who have turned away from this word, who have picked apart and tried to minimize what this word is as if it's not, as if it's just another book that's sitting on somebody's shelf that they wipe off the dust with and it's an antiquity that we might uh, realize that, oh, it's a good reading, it's a good poetry, but I'm here to tell you this is the sword of the Spirit. It is the everlasting word of God. It is Christ. 
in the flesh right here in this place and we can take a hold of that we can read it we can believe it we can know that we can overcome through it and by it it is through his word that we're sanctified it is through his word that we're empowered it's through his word that we are overcomers in Christ Jesus amen amen amen, amen. so we need the word of God praise God I mean you can look at uh, historical declines in societies throughout history Israel for example when they uh, when they found themselves in high moments before God and experiencing the love of God and their morality had turned to God because God had cleansed them and sanctified them purified them but the longer that they walked in the blessings and favor of God we see a historical decline because they enjoyed the prosperity of God but didn't want to worship the God who brought them the prosperity amen and so therefore they lost sight of what God had did for them and instead of wanting more of God they wanted more of prosperity sound familiar we live in a world that's let me get mine it's it's all mine it's what I want give it to me I deserve it it's my right you it's my my privilege it's all of that in a bag of chips and we don't realize that the very blessings that we have comes from a gracious God who loves us because he makes it rain on the just and the unjust he's God he's a sovereign God he he's the one that set the earth in motion he's the one that set our lives in motion and he loves us and he cares for us and he wants to be involved in us but it is a choice to allow him to be involved amen amen and so we need to make sure that we are seeking his face sometimes I think we get to a place where we seek the gifts of God and we seek the goodness of God rather than God himself you know I'm, I'm a, a tra traditional Pentecostal right and, and so therefore in our traditional Pentecostal we focused a lot on the baptism of the Holy Spirit how many of you remember those days? You just need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not denying the fact that we don't need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But oftentimes I felt like we focused on one gift rather and it, with the exclusion of all the other gifts that were given to the body of Christ. We always talked about one gift, speaking in tongues. How many of you remember those days? And I'm not denying the fact that those gifts aren't available. I'm not denying the fact that gift isn't important. I'm not denying those things. What, what I'm saying is, is that too often we seek the gift of God and the things that come is through our seeking of God himself. Amen? I mean, look, if I go to my father and I'm always begging him for something, how many of y'all have kids? Mm-hmm. Daddy, the new iPhone came out. Daddy, this phone, I've had it for two years. It still works, doesn't it? But we, 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 we get that, right? Our kids are always, kids will be kids. We're always begging for something, you know? Daddy, I want this. Daddy, I want that. Daddy, I need this. And, and, and so therefore, you come to wonder, do they love me because of who I am or do they love me because of what I can do for them? Come on. And how often do we put God in the box of saying, God, you're just the genie that I rub in the lamp so that you can give me some good gifts, and we forget the fact that he's God, amen, and that he's almighty, and if we will get close to him, because the child that gets close to you, the child that loves you, the child that embraces you, the child that gets up in the morning and says, let me get my chores done because I want to honor my, mo my mother and my father, that's the child that you say, man, I want to bless this kid because this, this kid gets it. Come on. Amen. You want to bless those because they, they understand love. They value who you are and not what you can do for them. And so the reality is, and I, I'm not preaching with any agenda here, okay, guys? That's not in my notes. But the idea is that we need to capture the Lord's attention. We need to realize that He's still God. And that we capture His attention 
by loving and passionately seeking his face because he says, if you'll seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. God's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and truth. In other words, he's looking, he's intently searching for those who are willing to seek his face, those who are willing to spend some time, those who are willing to say, Lord, I need you. Everything else has to go away. Everything else has to dissipate. Everything else has to be put on the shelf. It is just you. You alone is what I need. This week as I was preparing for today, something kept generating something kept stirring in my spirit and it was it was the moment where Joshua stepped out onto the battlefield and it was the commander of the Lord's army who showed up and and I'm thinking wow here's Joshua he's not seeking he's just trying to follow the Lord's will he's just trying to be obedient and in the midst of this he finds himself in what would be considered an impossible situation. How, how am I going to win? How am I going to defeat this? How can I do this? And in the midst of that, the commander of the Lord's army, another one calls him the, 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 the Lord of hosts, shows up. Says, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. What does Joshua, what does Joshua say? Are you for us or are you for them? I think too many times we get in our mindset, it's an us and them thing. It's not about us or them. Because if you want to see the hand of God move, quit fighting against us and them and start focusing on Him. Amen? Because if we're constantly making it about us and them, we, where our eyes are set and limited on the things of this world. But when we say, Lord, it is your will, it is your plan, it is you who we seek, it is your will that we desire, it is your kingdom that we're here to serve. And in so doing, we then open the doors of heaven because our worship begins to start worth, giving him worth. And he enters in and he's there already with his battle battle garments on with his sword in his hand he says I'm not for them I'm not for you but I'm the commander of the Lord's army it's not about thus and them it's about getting on your knees before me and worshiping me amen you got to realize what Joshua had already gone through, what he had already perceived and what he had already uh, come to place in because he had seen his mentor. He had seen the one that God had used over and over again. He saw him pass away. He saw, them, I saw him go. And yet here he was. What am I supposed to do, God? I think so many times that's the position that we find ourselves in. What am I supposed to do, God? Where do I find myself? Where do I go from here? What happens to this moment? And we see how the Lord answered Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. He says, no man will be able to stand before you at all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. Somebody needs to hear that. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Amen. The Lord's with us. He, he confirmed that. He, he said it over again because evidently Joshua didn't get it the first time. How many of those kind of folks in here? You don't get it the first time. Sometimes we need it a, a second and a third time. And so the Lord once again confirmed to him in Joshua chapter 1 and 9. He says, have I not commanded you? Somebody, somebody say, has he not commanded you? I mean, has he not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not tremble or do not fear or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on. I think so much, so much of the world wants to wrap us in fear, and wants to keep us intimidated, it wants to hold us back, it wants to keep us limited and keep our voice silenced, but I'm here to tell you that the, that the Lord dispelled the fear out of him because of his knowledge that God was with him. How I many know that perfect love cast out all fear? Amen? And we know that what perfect love is is God because the Lord says God is love. And when love enters in and the presence of God is there, it dispels darkness. It casts out fear. It takes it away in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. And so you have to realize that 
conquering of the land was a great undertaking for him. And, 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 and it was overwhelming because he had seen the people. I mean, look, he had, he had been there. He had done that. He was, he was with the 12 spies when they walked through the land. He saw these big Shaquille O'Neal guys up in there with their six, seven, three hundred pounds and saying, how in the world, us little short little Israelites, how are we going to be able to conquer these guys? Right? Y'all get this, right? In basketball, football, and war, size matters. So they had these big giants, and they was wondering how we're going to be able to conquer. Sometimes our situation looks like giants to us, and we're wondering, how am I going to be able to overcome this? How can I overcome? How can I defeat? How can I overcome this enemy? And besides them being such giants, the land was tightly shut up. It was strong defenses. The city's walls were so big, they reached as if to the heavens. And, and having been one of those 12 spies, Joshua knew all that he was facing. He understood that. But by faith, come on somebody, but faith looks not at the difficulties, but faith looks at the Lord. Faith believes more in the promises of God than the power of Satan to hinder. That's where we need to get to, amen? Faith looks more at the promises of God than, the, than Satan's ability to hinder the promises of God, amen? So we need to understand that God is able and he is with us and he has a plan for us, but we need to trust him in the plan, amen? Amen. Faith will give you comfort in the midst of fear, but unbelief will bring fear in the midst of your comfort. Faith makes great burdens light, but unbelief makes your light burdens unbearable and heavy. Faith lifts us up when we're down. Unbelief casts down when we are up. Faith brings peace and comfort in our souls, but unbelief brings restlessness to us. Faith brings assurance, but unbelief brings fear. We need to walk in faith. Amen. Amen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. I don't know about you, but I want a good report. I want to know that, that God's looking at me and saying, He trusts me. I want to know that the moves that I make or out of the faith that I have in God, that God is directing my steps rather than my own fear and my own desire and my own initiatives leading me because in those steps I will be intimidated by the enemy and I will fail. But when I trust in the Lord, no matter what size the enemy looks like, no matter how big his armies are, no matter what structure may come in front of me, I know that if God is for me, who can be against me? Amen. 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 Forty years earlier, Joshua and Caleb sought to dispel the fears. They walked out, and, and, and here was these, here was these uh, uh, Israelites. They were saying, well, I guess you've brought us out here to destroy us in the middle of the desert. Why don't we just find some kind of captain that will take us back to Egypt? How many times do we rely on yesterday's uncomfortable place to find comfort? Hmm. Lord Jesus, help us, right? And so Joshua and Caleb, they said this. They said, the land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us. Land flows with milk and honey. Only do, you, only do not rebel against the Lord. Neither fear the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Come on. Amen? I mean, he had to stay. Look, if the Lord is with us, that's a place we've got to get to. Do we believe that God is real? The word that the Lord gave us through the speaking in tongues this morning, the message was, know that I am God. We have to get to that place. Do we really believe that God is still leading us? Do we really believe that God is still in control? Do we really believe that he is almighty? And if we do, he has given us a promise. 
over and over and over again over the last few weeks, I've listened to various prophetic words and hearing, hearing these words that the Lord's giving, telling people to make sure that they worship God, make sure they keep their eyes on the Lord, make sure that they're surrendered to God because He's the only way. And in, in a time when we need a prophetic word to be given, we need to know that we need to have our ears open and in tune to the Spirit of the Lord because the Spirit is still speaking in this day, in this hour. It might be, you might feel hindered by the world, but I'm here to tell you, if you'll just dial in a little bit, if you'll just get on your knees and seek the face of God, He's still speaking to a people who are hungry for Him. There's still a remnant of people that God wants to use to bring about the kingdom of God's plan in this world and this day. Amen. 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 He assured them, if the Lord is with us, and he assured them there's a promise to be given. He brought us to the place. He began to share with them, look, if he did it then, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he brought you out of Egypt then, he can bring you out of Egypt now. If, if you can get to the banks of the Red Sea and you see the armies behind you and you're wondering, God, do you care? Are you with me? It might look overwhelming. It might look like the armies on that side. You're all right in a, in a rock in a hard place. But I'm here to tell you that God can raise up a standard in the midst of your, in the midst of your struggle and he can protect you and he can cause the river to dry up and you can walk across it on dry land. He assured them a promise. And I love the way that Joshua 5, verse 9 says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, and this is right before, this is right before the commander of the Lord's army was manifest. And he says, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. The, the, so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. Somebody needs to recognize that the Lord has rolled the reproach of Egypt off of you. You don't have to waller in Egypt any longer. You don't have to have a longing and a desire for Egypt any longer. You might, you might not see and the, in, in front of you exactly what God's doing, but that's where faith steps in. I still trust God. I still know that he's promised me. And so therefore, even though I don't see it, I walk by faith and not by sight, and I trust that God will give it to me when, when the season and time comes. And so therefore, when I see this, it says, and he's rolled, he's rolled the reproach of Egypt off you. I have to look back. What has he rolled off of me? What did it take for him to roll this off of me? And I go back to chapter 4, and I start looking through that, and it was as them crossing over Jordan, and as they crossed over Jordan, they took up stones. And they, and they placed those stones in Gilgal as a remembrance of what God had done for them. And so therefore, they built an altar. Somebody needs to know, you've got to build an altar. What does that altar look like? I'm not saying that you've got to go and you've got to build this altar in your home and you've got to go you know, fry the fatted calf or whatever you've got to do on the altar. I'm telling you, you've got to set yourself a place of worship in your home, in your abode, because it is in that place that we remember the things of God. We remember what God's done for us. I can tell you from the time Jesus uh, was working in my life as a little child all the way today, I can remark the remembrance of what God's done. We need to remember but not only do we need to remember, it says that in chapter 5 of the first part of that, it says they circumcised again. What does circumcision represent? It represents covenant relationship. And what happened in Israel was that they had made a covenant with God. And yet in, the, in their rebellion, they turned against God. And all of those who had made covenant with God before uh, to, to overcome Jericho, guess what? They died in the wilderness because they rebelled against God. But there was a new generation, and the Lord's wanting to make covenant with a new generation. God's looking for a remnant today who's willing to make covenant with him to say, Lord, I trust you no matter what. Amen? And so therefore, because they had remembered the things of God, because they had made covenant with God, the Lord says, I am going to roll off of you the reproach of Egypt. Somebody say amen. 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 And so when, we, when that reproach is rolled off, it is that moment 
it is at that moment in time that the captain of the Lord's army steps out. If you're with me, if you're with me in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho that, the, that he lifted up the eyes and looked. And behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, No. In other words, neither. Rather, I indeed come now as the captain of the host of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and he bowed down, and he said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? In other words, he recognized this was the Lord. And the captain of the Lord's army, uh, captain of the Lord's host said to Joshua, Remove your sandals for your feet. Uh, from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. And Joshua did so. Somebody say amen. 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 We need to recognize that at that moment when we allow the approach of the enemy to, to fall off of us, that we are there in the presence of God and the Lord's army and the Lord, the commander of the Lord's army is standing there ready to fight for us. Amen. I mean, when we look at this, this is, there's, Different ones who say different things, but I believe this is a, a, a Christophany. And, and when I say that, what I'm saying is that I believe this is the Son of God stepping in to that situation. This Because if it were an angel, he would told him not to bow down. He would say, don't worship me. But this was the Son of God manifesting himself in this season, saying, here I am. And therefore, he fell down and he worshipped him and he received worship. Come on, somebody. Amen. So many times I believe that, that we, we look and we wonder, can God, can Jesus manifest himself? Because we see where the word says that if anyone sees the Lord, he will die. But yet, in this moment, God steps in. Jesus said, if anyone has seen me, they've seen the Father. Jesus steps in and is demonstrated and manifested in those seasons. Come on. I mean, if you look in Revelation chapter 19, and I, I know I didn't give you guys the scripture because I'm not going to read it, but Christ revealed himself as the consummate commander of the armies of heaven, leading them in a final conquest of battle of the ages. It's that It's that end all, all ages battle that's about to take place and Jesus himself manifests himself there and he, and he is commander of the Lord's army. Can you imagine this? That, that in this pre-recorded battle that we see of, of, of Joshua that, that Jesus Christ, who's not limited to time or space, come on, steps out from time and goes back to Joshua and says, I'm here. I'm here. And, and, and all that's going on in Joshua's mind is, wait a minute. Are you for us or for them? All he sees is, whoa, dude, you're big. All he sees is, wow. You've got your sword drawn. You're ready for battle. I mean, look, all I want to know is you for us or for them. Because if you're not for us, we're gone. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And, and can you imagine, what if, what if this is Christ stepping out of time from Revelation 19, stepping back into Joshua, and, and, and he's looking, and he says, wait a minute, I'm stepping out of a battle that is for the eternal ages upon ages. And you're worried about, are you going to win this battle? I'm here to tell you, stop worrying about winning the battle and worship me. Amen? Worship me. Trust me. Know that I'm here in the midst of this because if you worship me, it will change your perspective. How many need the perspective change? If you worship me, you'll change perspectives. If you if you worship me, it will tune your goggles, if you will, into what my plan is. And you'll stop worrying about what your plan is if you'll just worship me. Let Christ step in, somebody, and let him take control. Let him be God. Let him be the commander of the Lord's army. Let the host of the Lord step in and win the battle. Amen. Amen. 
we're talking about the we're talking about the host of the Lord. Do y'all believe that the host is is strong? Can, 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 can I just give you a glimpse of how powerful the host of the Lord is? Because when you think about it, how awesome the Lord of hosts is, when we read in the Bible of the invasion of Judah by the Assyrians, who at that time were a major power in the world, the prophet Isaiah sent a message, a message to the king Hezekiah not to worry, that, that they would not shoot an arrow into the city. And the Syrians had sent messages to Hezekiah in which they told him that his God could be of no help against them. That, that the gods of the other nations were, ab were able to come in and they would, they would help. They couldn't stand against the mighty Assyrians. But listen to this. One angel. you got to realize the host that he's talking about is the host of the Mostis. It's not talking about the host of Israel. It's talking about the host of angel of the angels in the heavens and think about this one angel in one night sent by god killed 185,000 assyrian soldiers when they woke up in the morning, here's 185,000 soldiers strolling out in front of Israel. And, and that's what I'm talking about. If one angel, y'all ain't getting this. If one angel can step into a battle and wipe out 185,000 soldiers, do you not think that the host of God is powerful? Amen. I mean, think with me. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they came to get Jesus, Peter pulled out his sword. He was ready to defend Jesus. And Jesus said, Peter, put up your sword, son. He said, don't you know that I can summons, I can call legions of angels. Come on, somebody. Because why? Because he's the commander of the Lord's army. Just as he stood as the commander of the Lord's army in Joshua, just as he stood as the commander of the Lord's army at the end day revival and the end day war, he's the commander of the Lord's army. And if one angel can destroy 185,000 soldiers, can you imagine what the host of God can do if we will just begin to believe and trust in Almighty God, it doesn't matter what the world thinks. It doesn't matter what it looks like. What it matters is, is that God is still sovereign. He's still in control. He's still God. And no matter what happens in this world, He will still be God. Hallelujah. Somebody give Him praise. Amen. 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 Because if God be for us, who in the world can be against us. I better close, brother. I, I could, I've got, I got pages more to go, but man. Look, I, I, I get it. We might feel overwhelmed. But this is how, this is how David projected when he saw the Lord of hosts. In Psalms 24.10, David says, Who is the king of glory? Who is the king of glory? And the Lord answered, He is the king of glory. Who is the king of glory? It's the Lord. Strong and mighty. Mighty in battle. He is the king of glory. There's a song that says, this is how I fight my battles. Come on, this is how I fight my battles. When I don't know what to do. When it seems like the enemy has overwhelmed me. I know that I'm surrounded by the host. <laughs> I'm surrounded by the host of God. And he's got me. He's got me. Because I'm abiding in his presence. And I recognize that if God has given a promise, 
that his promise will be fulfilled. I don't always understand it. I might be like Habakkuk or Habakkuk, however you want to say that. It was prophesied that that the enemy was coming in and the enemy was going to defeat Israel. And Habakkuk was like, surely not us, God. We're your children. I think too many times we get so prideful to think that when the world makes a choice that it won't affect us. But you need to understand, you may be affected. You may have to endure to the end, the Bible says. He who endures to the end shall be saved. There might be some endurance that you have to face. Well, no, wait a minute. I thought God wouldn't make me go through anything hard. I don't know who deceived you. But I'm here to tell you that you may have to face some battles. You might have to face some hardships. Your religious freedom might be under attack. But I'm here to encourage you of this. That the same God who delivered Israel from Egypt, the same God who was with Joshua as they fit the battle of Jericho, the same God who who delivered Jesus from the cross of Calvary, is the same God who's with us today, and He's able to fight our battles. He's able to be with us. He's able to march alongside us. He's standing, and He's not for us, and He's not for them. He is for Himself, and He's saying, Will you align yourself with me? Will you surrender yourself to me? Will you fall on your knees and worship me? Will you take off your shoes? Because the presence you're standing in is holy ground. Because I, the Lord God, am right here in your presence. Will you trust me? God, today, I pray that we would submit ourselves to you. That we would recognize that the commander of the Lord of hosts, the commander of the Lord's army, is right here. And just as he declared to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be dismayed, for I am with you. I will never leave you. I will not forsake you. And may our eyes be so glued and fixed on you, God, and our ears so open and attentive that just as Joshua declared when he recognized that it was the Son of God, that he declared this, What do you want me to do? I am your servant. Lord, we surrender today as your servant. And we ask you to speak into us. Lord, we ask that we would humble ourselves before you. And allow you, God, to teach us your ways. But Lord, help us to recognize that, Lord, that That the spiritual shoes that we're wearing needs to be taken off. And Lord, we need to understand that in the temple of the Holy, in the temple of the Holy God, we got to take off our shoes because the presence of God is real. And Lord, help us to help us to allow ourselves to be cleansed and purified and made righteous and holy so that we walk into that throne room. Having no doubt or fear or wonder, but God lifting up holy hands before you saying, God, you are worthy. Just as, the, as Isaiah saw the seraphims saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And the whole earth is full of your glory. God, I pray that the glory of God will not be hindered. Because of fear or doubt. But Lord that the glory of God. Will illuminate through us. Your people. May we be transformed. By you. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 This is how I am.
First of all, he learned that he needed to remember. In communion this morning, we're going to learn to remember what God's done for us. Amen? He learned the sacrifice Jesus made for us. And he learned to be open to hear the voice of God. This morning, we're going to participate in communion as a, as a first step of remembering what the Lord has done for us. Because, because we are victorious in Him. Amen.
there's two cups if you're not aware the bottom cup has the bread Today we remember. Amen. Today we choose to remember the sacrifice the Lord made for us. Sammy, the Bible says, by his stripes we were healed. Amen. Today we remember that he bore the stripes on his back for our healing, not just spiritual healing physical healing, emotional healing. He helped us. He did that for us. They took the bread and they broke it. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you were willing to step out of the throne room of glory Lord, we recognize that you are the Lord of hosts. You didn't have to drink this cup. You didn't have to step into this this arena. You didn't have to give yourself over. But Lord, from the very foundations of the world, you declared yourself a lamb slain from the very foundations for our sins. Because of our poor choices. Because of our life that went rebellious and astray did that for us and we remember today Jesus and we do not take it for granted he said this is the cup the new covenant my blood shed as often as you drink this do it in remembrance of me so thankful Lord that even still after 2,000 years your blood has not lost its power and Lord the same sacrificial blood that was shed on Calvary as your word says was shed once and for all a Lord that spans generations after generations and time after time And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, everyone who walks in the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Lord, I'm so thankful that you have called us as the whosoever will, that whoever will call on the name of the Lord. I'm so glad, God, that your grace is sufficient. And Lord, that your love reaches from generation to generation. Lord, today we acknowledge your love shed for us, God. And Lord, we thank you so much. And we ask, Lord, that you would continue to speak into us, continue to open our ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church of this day, that we will not lose sight of your plan, that we will not get caught up in the prosperity that is around us, but, Lord, that our eyes will stay focused and our heart humble before you. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you love him? Amen. Amen. If you are interested, we are trying to put together a Christmas play. We have several of our young people who are already committed to being a part of this. And we would love to have some hands to help uh, in that process. Maybe some hands to help with some scenery. Some hands to help with uh, just being a part of coordinating and if you would like to do that if you would meet right over here right where Miss Page is yep there you go Vanna White if you'll meet right over there was just for a few moments they would like to talk to you about what that looks like what that storyline looks like what the costumes look like and um, come here Amanda wrote the play, and so we would like to to see if we're able to fulfill this, and this is what she feels the Lord's put on her heart, and I hope that we can accomplish it, 
And if you'd like to help us to do that, we'd love for your support. So if you'll see Miss Amanda and the other Amanda Page over there, they would appreciate it. You would. All right. May the Lord's favor be on you. Have I forgot? You tell. You can tell if this is bad. When a preacher forgets money, it's bad. The ushers are going to be standing at the door. Please honor the Lord with your tithes and offering. Be faithful to God because I guarantee you he has been faithful to you. Amen. God bless you. Love you. Amen. song